see everybody. Welcome. If this is your first time here, uh, please come back. We'd, we'd love for you to get to know us better and for us to get to know you. And, uh, you know, it just, God is so good that, um, you know, people will actually feel what we're trying to build here, you know, what not, what we're building, you know, we're building this, you know, and so, um, you know, we, we need to, um, what do you call it, enjoy every season, you know, every season of life, every season of marriage, every season of your kids, even the ones that seem not as enjoyable as others. And in the same way, you know, learn how to enjoy the seasons of, of church family, you know, because this we will only have for a season. Then it'll be it'll be just as good, but it'll be bigger. Right. And so it, every season of life requires us to grow uh, in one way or another. Uh, otherwise, we will just continue to look back at, oh, what used to be or what we used to have and what we don't have now instead of enjoying now, you know. Uh, we were talking to the men's group yesterday, and Hebrews 11, one says, you know, now faith is, and, and faith is now. Faith is for right now. Faith isn't for tomorrow. Faith isn't for next year. Faith isn't for when I need it. Faith is for, for right now today, you know, and that everything we do and, and everything we decide and every decision that we do it in faith, you know, believing, not in fear, not in um, doubt. And so anyways, today we're starting a, this very, very exciting series because it's, it's called Recession Proof My Life, you know, and, um, you know, the, how many of you have heard news about recession lately or in the last few weeks? Yeah, yeah, and the rest of you are probably uh, just don't listen to news like me. I hear about it from other people, and that's because there's one place I like to get my news from, and it's this one every, every day. It's like the, the daily, fresh, good, you know, empowering news, like it's right here. That's it. That's all I need to know is what's in here, you know, and, and then the rest of it, you know, uh, I'm like, oh, really? Is that happening? Oh, my gosh, I didn't know. Like, I'm having such a great time, you know. <laughs> and so uh, it's a three-part series, so you don't want to miss the rest of it. But um, oh, it is probably one of the best opportunities uh, for us, us as a church, you know, to learn and to get ready beforehand. You don't. You don't get ready for something, you know, the minute you get there. You know, you don't see the football players running into the field, you know, putting on their shoulder pads and like, where's my helmet? Where's my helmet? You know, like you don't, if, if you were to see a football player running into the field trying to put on his uniform, you'd all know he's late and he's not prepared. Is that right? Right. And so it's, it's the same thing, you know, for us, like we get the opportunity to, oh, really? This is what the devil's planning? Oh, really? Like, the country, you know, is, is, is about to hit a recession? Oh, really? Like, okay, well, this is a great time to prepare. Because I don't know how many of you got a little, a little hit during the pandemic, you know, at least at the beginning, you know, and a lot of people got pretty shaken up when the pandemic hit and the lockdowns happened and the fear was just like, it was like an enemy that came in the night and just swept through and everybody was like, oh, I don't know what's going on. What are we going to do? This is the end of the world. We weren't prepared for this. <sighs> Fool me once, shame on you. <laughs> Fool me twice, shame on me. So even our wonderful president gave us a heads up. It's like the second pandemic is coming. We got to save up for that. <laughs> it's like, okay, thanks for letting us know. That's, that's what's coming, you know. 
You guys, we have to come to this point in our life where we have to decide for ourselves, for ourselves, do I believe what the Word of God says or do I not? Because a lot of people were found shaky, not on the rock, but on the sand when that pandemic came, right? A lot of people doubted their faith. A lot of people were like, like, okay, hold on. Psalm 91 makes me feel good, but this is something else, right? And I'm not saying people said it or anything, but it certainly hit very close to the heart, right? Because it puts in question everything that we think we believe here, doesn't it? When you're hit with a storm, when, when, when chaos comes, when uh, things are happening outside and they seem scary and negative, it puts in question everything that you think you believe. I don't know if it did that to you, but it did that to me, right? And so I made sure that I became really strong and that that knowledge of the Word of God and the good things and the promises weren't just like up here, but that they were down here. Because it is out of the heart that we actually live our life. It is not out of the country's economy. It is not out of what's happening in the world. It is not out of you know, the wars that are going on. It is not out of anything external that we live our lives, but Proverbs 4.23 says, above all things, guard your heart, for from it, from your heart, flow all the issues of life. Oh, but this stuff is happening out there. It's got to affect us, right? You determine how it affects you. It's our response to everything. Our reaction to stuff is more important than the stuff itself. Our reaction to a problem, how we respond to it, is a thousand times more important than the problem itself, than the thing itself, than the threat itself. And so we have an opportunity because the world's like going like, oh, recession is coming, recession is coming. It's like, great. I'm so glad you told me that because now I know how to dress for this. Now I know how to prepare for this. Now I know how to get ready for this. I'm not going to fall for this again. So it's exciting because you know where most people become wealthy is during recession times. The wealthy get wealthier. The greatest wealth transfers happen during chaos. And so how are we going to position ourselves to be on the gaining side, not on the losing side? Because as children of God, we have the promises. We have, we have everything that we need. Jesus already did everything he needed to do for us to live a life and a life that is more abundant. Right? And so what do I need to do? How do I need to position myself? And that's what we're going to talk about today in the next couple of weeks. And so, you know, when, uh, when you go on a race, what do they say? Uh, they say, on your marks, get set, go. Right? So we're going to change it up a little bit. Today is get set. And that's first. And that's talking about a mindset, okay? Because our mindset actually has to be formed first, right? Then we position ourselves. If we position ourselves, we're just doing a bunch of stuff we don't believe. So our mindset and our beliefs have to change first. Then we get ready. We position ourselves because now it's not out of religious duty or out of works. But now I'm getting ready out of a mindset change, out of a heart change, okay? Of something that I didn't believe or now I believe. Okay, so now I'm getting ready for that, and then is action. Okay, 
And you guys, this is so exciting. Like when the world's like screaming, ah, we're like, yay. Do you remember, we just finished a, uh, I think two or three weeks on worship. And if you remember that story, you know, in the Old Testament that we talked about, is when the Lord told him, say, you guys go up there and go worshiping before, right? You guys go worship, you know, all the way to the battle, right? Put the musicians and the singers at the very front. And they did that, right? And when they get there, it's already won. And then they sing even louder, right? So I want to be the guy that is celebrating on the way to recession. Because here's what happens. The Bible tells us that we are in this world, but not of this world. Okay, in John 15 and in John 17, Jesus is saying, you're not of this world. You're in this world, but you're not of this world, right? And it's uh, 2 Corinthians 5.20. It says, we are now citizens, right? We're, we're ambassadors here, okay? Philippians 3.20 says, we're ci- our citizenship is in heaven, okay? But we are ambassadors on this earth, okay? And so this is kind of how it works. Just so, so you start getting a picture of what this looks like. As the world gets darker or plummets, we're hanging on these harnesses from heaven. We don't go down with the world. Our joy, our peace, our health, our economy depends on the kingdom of heaven. When you're an ambassador, okay, I don't know uh, if, if you're familiar with how that works, but if the United States sends an ambassador to Mexico, okay, that ambassador does not depend on the Mexican economy, okay? So if the Mexican economy tanks, that ambassador, his economy is still the same. It's still strong because his economy depends on the United States. Okay? And that is us. We are citizens of heaven okay? because we were translated from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light, to God's kingdom, when we received Jesus in our heart and we became saved. Okay? We were now made citizens of heaven. And because now I say I am a citizen of heaven, okay? That, that you're a child of God, you're a citizen of heaven, that's where your citizenship is from. Wealth transfer will happen to the ones that are prepared. And so today we're preparing. Say to the person next to you, today I'm preparing. We're preparing right now, you know. Just like people are preparing to go down with it, you know. They're foreboding. They're already imagining the worst possible outcome. We are imagining the best possible outcome, the Bible-based outcome, what God says. Because let me tell you something. We're going to read it in a little bit. Um, this has happened before. It's not the first time this happens. This has happened before in way worse ways. <clears throat> and so, say with me, I'm going to thrive while others survive. Okay, so that's your confession. That's your declaration. Okay. You're going to continue to sell houses. You're going to continue to, 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 to do business. You're going to continue to make commissions and to do deals and to get raises and bonuses. See, the things that we declare here aren't just for when the economy is doing good. It's for always. Because it's based on God's promises that don't change. Right? So say with me, I'm going to thrive while others survive. Okay, so every time that fear hits you, every time that the devil goes, see, things are getting worse. You go, nope, I'm going to thrive while others survive. I'm going to thrive while others survive. You know that our church thrived when others shut down, when others were trying to survive? We thrived. We started a building fund that has now over $316,000.
in the middle of a pandemic. It's like, in your face, <laughs> sucker. <laughs> right? Like, like, who does that? Like, the year that this accident happened, we, we continued thriving as a church. When I was gone for eight weeks, for four weeks, and then without preaching for another four, like, when my life seemed to be going and down, like, we still thrive, you know, as a family, as a church. I shouldn't have a leg right now, and I have a leg, and I'm walking. You guys saw me with a walker. Now, now I just have a brace. It's just one little brace. I know it bothers some people that my pant leg sticks up, but, you know, that's a minor thing. That's a minor thing. Say, I'm going to thrive when others survive. Right? And then how about we also take this as an opportunity to say, hey, you don't have to survive. You, you can thrive with me. You want to come meet the one that, you know, gives you a different citizenship, a different, completely different set of rules for this life that, that is amazing and it's a gift. So that's awesome. God is so good. And so um, open your Bible with me to um, Psalm 91, okay? <sighs> now, as, you, as you're looking for Psalm 91, um, and actually, if you guys put it on the screen, we're going to go from verse 1 in just a moment through, through the whole psalm, okay? Um, in 2 Corinthians 1.20, it says, For all of God's promises... Or yes and amen. Okay? And so, in the word, in his amazing word, in the Bible, we have all the promises of God. Good promises. Okay? For a good plan. He has a good plan. He has a good future. And for everything that we face in life, there's a promise of God. Okay? That's why it's so important that we read our Bible. We don't have to read our Bible to be saved. We don't have to read our Bible for God to love us. We don't have to read our Bible for God to, you know accept us we don't have to we get to read this bible instead of the news and the media we get to see the truth about what god says instead of being trapped in the lies of what the enemy has told us and so in uh, psalm 91 we're going to read in a moment but second uh, corinthians 120 says uh, i like this version in the nlt says for all of god's promises have been fulfilled in christ with a resounding yes you know, Clint was talking about uh, last week about the leper that came to Jesus and said, Jesus, I know that you can heal me, but are you willing? Right? And a lot of Christians, a lot of believers uh, approach God with that same hesitation. I know that you can because I believe in God. Like, I'm not dumb. Like, I know this didn't create itself. But I don't know if you're willing to do it for me. Okay. And so we need to expose those lies and, and receive the truth that God is and wants to do it for me. He wants to heal me and he wants to prosper me. He wants to protect me. It's not just that he can, but it's that he wants to and that he will. Okay? And, and right here, in, uh, this is one you can write, 2 Corinthians one twenty says, All of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. So all his promises, when you read God's promises in the Bible like what we're going to read right now in Psalm 91. Uh, it's not, uh, I know he can do that, but I don't know that he can do it, that he will do it for me. It's a yes. It's a yes already. All of God's promises are yes. And then it says, in Christ are amen. 
And through Christ our amen, which means yes, ascends to God for his glory. So God's saying, all my promises are yes. And they're in Christ and through Christ. Why? Because some of these promises are so good that it will make us question, hmm, I don't know if I deserve that one. Like that one's really good and I've not been really good. I've done things. I've said things. I've used my, my mouth to curse when, you know, it's only supposed to let fresh water out, you know. I say a lot of bad words. So I don't know if these promises are for me. Let me tell you something. It's in Christ and it's through Christ and because of what he did that his promises for you are yes and amen in Christ, through Christ Jesus. Not because of what you do, but because of what you believe, okay? Now, you should change the way you talk. You should stop cussing. <laughs> oh, you guys didn't like that, huh? <laughs> With that same mouth that you praise the Lord. <laughs> All right. Well, that went down like a rat sandwich. <laughs> All right, Psalm 91. Let's not miss the blessing. It says, Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. You know, to find shadow underneath anything, it means you need to be close, isn't it? Right? So it tells us right here, like, you're under God's protection, but... Like, where does he cast a shadow? Like, that means you need to be close. He wants you to walk with him, okay? Listen, God is so good, he doesn't require us to be perfect in order to come close. He says, come close, we'll work on your cussing. It's not the most important thing right now. There's other things that I want to work on, Said, but that'll just be a fruit of it. <laughs> you guys, man. I don't want to hear how you talk outside of this place. It says, <laughs> it says, you will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. That means you need to be close, okay? And what do you find? Rest. That's awesome, right? Because we said that while we worship, you know, and we rest, God fights our battles. It's in rest, okay? It says, this I declare about the Lord alone. He is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust him. Do you trust him? Okay, that's good. You know, you should check that. It says, for he will rescue you from every trap and, trap and protect you from deadly disease. You know, this uh, different version says, like, he'll protect you from no known and unknown traps, from secret traps, from traps that you weren't ready for. Right? We do our part, but we know like it doesn't depend all on us. Like it's God. Like we're just collaborating with Him. We're cooperating with Him. We're doing our part. But He does the super, right? We do the natural, He does the super. And then it says, um, He will cover you with His feathers, He will shelter you with His wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. What? His faithful what? Promises. How are you going to know what his promises are unless you read them? Right? His faithful promises are your armor and protection. See, we need to know what are his promises. What does he say about these things? 
right? Because that is going to be our protector and our armor. It says, do not be afraid in verse 5 of the terrors of the night, nor the arrow that flies by in the day. Um, do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Like, we've all read Psalm 91. But what happened in 2020? Because we weren't acting like it. Right? Oh, I'm just using wisdom. I'm just using wisdom. Pfft, don't give me that. You were scared. You're so scared. I know you love me, you know? <laughs> why, why are we talking about this right now? Because it's going to keep happening, you know? The world's going to scream, ah, we're all going to die. Go lock up in your houses. Stop living life. It's going to happen again. So what are we going to do? Are we going to believe this or are we not? Whew. You guys, I've never been to Home Depot so much as I did during the pandemic. <laughs> like, we just lived life normal. We did. Yes, maskless. I know many of you were wondering. Yes, maskless. Because I just know where my protection is. I'm not, I'm not saying that you shouldn't. I'm not, I'm not telling anybody what they should do. What I'm saying is like we need to look at the word of God and make a decision for ourselves and decide, do I believe this or do I not? And right now, Pastor, why are you so serious about this? Because right now, before it happens, is the time to get ready. You know? It's the time to get ready. You know, whether... Whether another virus comes out or not, it doesn't matter. It's a heart check. Do I have the word of God and do I believe the word of God or not? It's easy to relax when things are back to normal, right? But it's also the best time to prepare. See, most marriages want to take care of their marriage when they're in turmoil and suffering and in an emergency state. Is it not true? Right? When you're having the worst fight of your life is when you're calling, looking, seeking, knocking. Right? Not wrong. Not wrong. You should get help. You know, it's better than not getting help. But my point is the best time to actually work on your marriage, to work on yourself, to work on your health, on your faith, on your finances, whatever it is, is when things are calm. To prepare, to be ready for. Are you with me? This is good, right? All right, all right. <laughs> it says, do not dread the disease that stalks in the darkness or the disaster that strikes at midday. Verse 7, though a thousand fall at your side, though 10,000 are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. These evils will not touch you. Say, these evils will not touch me. <laughs> oh, you're just speaking positive stuff. You got to be a realist. No, this is a promise in the word of God. These evils will not touch me. You know, God's word is as good in your mouth as it is in his mouth. Right? If you believe it, it's got the same power. If God stood up here and told you right now, these evils will not touch you, you'd be like, that's right. Thank you. Right? Well, he did. He just wrote it right here for you. Right? And that's why it requires faith. 
a lot of times we say things like, well, you know, if God showed up and said that to me, I would believe it. It's like, oh, well, then you would not need faith. And we want to live a life without faith and all the benefits. Right? Okay. And so it's right here. These evils will not touch me. What evils? Oh, any evil. Any evil, any sickness, any disease, any recession, any, you know, lack of money and lack of funds. Like, this stuff will not touch me. It will not touch my family. Why? Because this is right here. And this is God giving you permission to believe that with all your heart. These evils will not touch me. Isn't that so good? Like, it's, it's right here. This is verse 8. Just open your eyes. I love that. And see how the wicked are punished. You know, wicked is just, if you just, it's a godless life. That's, that's wicked, you know. Like people that have turned their backs on God or people that have rejected the gift of Jesus. Well, they're just living life without God. They're living life without hope. They're living life with, you know, with the consequence of it is like to have no hope, no word of God, no promises, no nothing. And what happens is like, well, they're, they're falling. Verse 9 says, if you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the most high your shelter, no evil will conquer you. Say, no evil will conquer me. But see, there's a big if right here. If you make the Lord your refuge. Who's your refuge? Your own ability, your own things, your own plan. You know. No, it's the Lord. The Lord's our refuge. Am I going to do the... The smart and the wise thing, of course I'm going to do that. But not out of fear, right? Like, listen, right now, uh, uh, the atmospheric pressures change, you know, because of the monsoon season. And so there's more pressure. And, and uh, if there's inflammation in the body, you know, that causes the organs to come under pressure. And, you know, if you're not healthy or, or, or really strong in your immune system, you know, a lot of people feeling like cold symptoms and things like that, you know? You get, you get a little under the weather. That's what it is. All right, so what I'm going to do, well, I'm going to make sure that I'm doing my part. Right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use wisdom. I'm going to take care of my body, watch what I eat. I'm going to, you know, make sure that I am taking my vitamins, you know, drinking water, cutting out sugar and flour, like all, all these things that we know to do that are just smart to do, right? But even more now, why? Because there's this came, right? This change of weather, you know, that causes, you know, pressure on inflamed bodies and organs and things like that is going to put my immune system, you know, under pressure and, and kind of make it work harder. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to do the wise thing, but I'm not scared. I'm not afraid, right? Like, he's my protection. He's my healer. So do you understand, like, there's, there's a, I don't want to say a balance because we need both, but... But I need wisdom, direction, and I need, you know, my promises. I need to know, like, he is my rock and my foundation. He's like, if I had no vitamins, he'll still protect me. He still can heal me. And says, I will, if you make the Lord your refuge, and the most high your shelter, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home. He will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. 
You will trample upon lions and cobras. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with long life and give them my salvation. Man, God is so good. Psalm 91. Do you believe it? Um, so, the Bible talks to us about um, famines and, and things to do. So, let's open up real quick in Genesis chapter 26. You know, there's one happening here. And I just want to read verses 1 through 3. Genesis 26, verses 1 through 3. Genesis, um, first book of the Bible. For those of you that are looking in the wrong place. Oh, there we go. It's on the screen, so we're good. It says, the severe famine now struck the land as had happened before. Okay, stay with me. It happened before. Okay, it wasn't the first time, you know? And so in our lifetime right now, consciously, we're, we're saying, if this happens again, which a lot of people are talking about it, this has, this has happened before, okay? There's nothing to panic. There's no, oh, you don't know. This is going to be worse every time. Okay, I don't care. You know? God knows. Right? He sees everything. And it says, it had happened before. It says, so Isaac moved to Gerar where Abimelech, king of Philistine, lived. Verse 2 says, The Lord appeared to Isaac and said, Do not go down to Egypt. So, so the first thing we have to change, what is our mindset, right? So our mindset is like, okay, this isn't the first time this happens. I'm going to prepare. The Lord has an answer, and he has promises for this, and I'm going to thrive while others survive, okay? Mindset. Number two is instructions, okay? And it says, um, the Lord appeared to Isaac and said, do not go down to Egypt, but do as I tell you. Okay, so what happened, if you see it at the end of verse 1, is he moved to a different town. Okay, now you don't have to move into a different town. You're already in the best one. Okay, you're already in the best state. You don't need to move anywhere else. Okay, but you do need to position yourself spiritually, which is what we're doing these three weeks. Okay, we're positioning our mindset. We're positioning ourselves, which I'm going to talk about that next week positioning more on the financial side, okay? And then number three is the instructions. The Lord told Abimelech, live here as a foreigner in this land, and I will be with you and bless you. I hereby confirm that I will give all these lands to you and your descendants, just as I solemnly promised to Abraham, your father, okay? And so what happens is we have, we have this mindset, okay? God's got this, see? Uh, I'm going to position myself, and I'm going to follow his instructions and obey. That's it. Mindset positioning, and then obeying. Because he could have known those things and then said, no, I really don't. I don't want to do that. But it's not hard. Like when God told the Israelites to march into the battle, like they had to follow the instructions. And God fought the battle for them and won the battle for them. Right? When they had to go take Jericho, God gave them instructions. He said, you're going to go around the walls of Jericho one day, and then the last day you're going to go, you know, I'm sorry, one time, and the last day you're going to go around seven times. And what do they do? They had to believe and obey. And when they obeyed, God fought the battle for them, and the walls came tumbling down. You guys know that song? Just checking. 
And the walls came tumbling down. Raise your hand if you know that song. I just want to know how. Wow. Okay, that says who is here. Okay. That's awesome. Um, so mindset, position, and obedience. Okay, say with me. Mindset, position, obedience. Okay, so that's what we're doing. You want to be recession-proof? I'm going to thrive while others just survive. Mindset, position, and obedience. Okay? Um, let's go to Exodus chapter 11. And this is going to be in verse 7. So what's happening here is the plagues, okay? So just to give you a little context, um, in the beginning, no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> right. Joseph came to Egypt, saved the nation of Israel, right? Well, saved his family, which is just a family. They all moved into Egypt, and, um, and, and God gave them favor there. And they, from a family, they grew into a nation, Okay. From a family, they grew into a nation. I almost went into a bunny trail. Did you see that? <gasps> Did you see that hesitation right there? <laughs> that was like close. <laughs> All I have to say, <laughs> you should have lots of babies. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> if you're married. <laughs> okay. It's closure. End of bunny trail. So they turned into a nation, okay? And, for, and what happened is they had favor with the original Pharaoh, but then another Pharaoh came that did not know Joseph, and he had no friendship with him. So he, he saw how the Israelites were growing. That family grew into a nation, and they got scared. So they put him into bondage, bondage, and they turned him into slaves. So for 400 years, they were slaves in Egypt, Okay? And then they cried out to God, and God sent a deliverer, and he used Moses, who was raised in the palace, but he was an Israelite, and he was raised in the palace as, as royalty, and God used him to deliver the nation of Israel out of Egypt, okay? And so we're here in this part where the ten plagues are happening, okay? And um, Pharaoh doesn't want to let him go. His heart is hardened, and he doesn't want to let him go. And, um, and so now uh, Moses comes, and, um, and in chapter 7... I said verse, I'm uh, sorry, it's chapter 11, verse 7. Chapter 11, verse 7, it says, this, this is one of the plagues, okay? It says, but among the Israelites, it will be so peaceful that not even a dog will bark. Then you will know that the Lord makes this distinction between the Egyptians and the Israelites, okay? So pay attention to this. There's chaos happening in the land. There's plagues hitting the whole nation of Egypt. But God, several times through, this, through the plague, says, watch, I'm making distinction between the Egyptians and the Israelites. Okay? God makes distinction between his children and the world. What? Let me tell you, God loves the world. He loves everyone. Okay? But he is moved by faith, not by need. Whether you like that or not, I'm sorry. God does not move by need. He moves by faith, okay? Where he finds faith, he moves, okay? 
If he moved by need, there'd be no hunger in the world. There'd be no poverty in the world. Right? So, so he's given us power to activate our faith and to choose and to decide because he sets us free. If we weren't truly free, then he would choose for us. Right? But he gave us full freedom, not just freedom in some areas and in some not. Like Clint said last week, who decided when you got saved? You. You did. Right? And so God moves by faith, not by need, okay? And so that's why there's always distinction between God's children who are operating in faith and people who aren't, okay? And so here, while all this chaos is happening in the land, okay, God is telling him, look, I'm making distinction between my children and the Israelites. And uh, I think this is the, yeah, this is the, the plague of the, the death of the firstborn. And it says, among the Israelites, it will be so peaceful that not even dog will bark. Let me ask you something. I'm not sure how it was during the pandemic in 2020, but you can decide what it's going to be now. Is your home going to be so peaceful that not even a dog will bark? You're like, no, I got too many dogs. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm talking about the spiritual environment in your home. Will it be so peaceful or will it be full of fear and panic? Then you will know the Lord makes distinction between the Egyptians and the Israelites. Let's go to uh, chapter 12 and uh, just, just a little bit ahead, okay? Uh, and we're going to start in verse 7 in just a moment. But something interesting happened here. It's that all the other plagues, okay? And this is kind of a, a way that God works. In all the other plagues, the Israelites didn't have to do anything. It was just a clear distinction that God points out several times and says, watch, you know, like uh, the livestock. That, that's one what happened to livestock. He said, watch, when the, the, the plague uh, that came and, and killed all the livestock, um, God said, watch, the livestock of the Israelites will be untouched. You know, when the crops happened, said, watch, the crops of the Israelites will be untouched. Okay, so he did this. But in chapter 11, when it's the last plague of the firstborn, um, we're going to read right now, God actually now requires something of the Israelites to be done that wasn't required before. Before they were just automatically protected, but now he's asking them to do something different. Okay, And this is when the Passover is instituted. Okay? Am I, are you with me? Okay, And, and we notice this, this same type of thing again um, when they're in the desert. When they're in the desert, they're like, manna's coming from, you know, uh, from the sky, water coming out of the rock. Like, they don't even believe. There. As a matter of fact, they're complaining. But yet God is working in miraculous ways for them, okay? But then it comes a time when they cross into the water. The second time that the waters are open, not the first, the first time the waters opened up, the second time the waters are open, the waters did not open until they stepped into the water by faith. So here's something. Pay attention. When you're first, first born again, okay, or even before, you experience a lot of the miracles and lightnings of God that require zero to no faith at all. Clint mentioned a little bit about this last week, right? Some people receive miracles that don't even believe, and they actually say, I can't believe this, <laughs> okay? That's a miracle. That's a lightning of God. That's a kiss from heaven. That's the God saying, these are... Hello, I love you. These are the signs and wonders of God, okay? 
So the Israelites experienced signs and wonders and protection here and all these plagues. And then in the last one, they were required to do something. And they were also in the desert. Waters opened up, manna from the sky, water out of the rock, miracles happening when they were grumbling and complaining. But it comes the time of upgrade and it comes the time of maturity when you're required to grow up. When God's like, I've been sending manna from the sky, but manna gets old. It doesn't taste that great anymore. Now I need you to use your faith and step in to the waters, right? And now collaborate with me and create with me, okay, for the better things, for the land of milk and honey. And so in the same way, you know, God protects us and he does a lot of things for us, especially at the beginning of our walk because we're growing spiritually. But it comes a point where we need to grow up and grab the word for ourselves and expose the lies and renew our mind and put action to our faith and start creating with God. I don't know exactly where you're at, okay? But it's easy to tell, you know, when things were happening without any kind of understanding, and all of a sudden, you're like, wait a minute, now I need to use my faith? Yes, because as God's saying, it's time to grow up. I want to do a lot greater things with you. See, we're in a season with our kids that um, it's new, right? They're growing up, and before, we couldn't do certain things with them. Before, it was, it was hard to travel. It was hard to enjoy certain things. The little ones went to bed too early to do anything. Now we're at a new season where thankfully they're growing up and we're able to do bigger, funner things, right? More quality stuff than just, you know, the things that you are limited to do with just a baby, right? And so God is excited. God is excited for you to grow up and say, God, what are we going to do now? What are we going to create? What are, how are we going to change the world? Who do you want to touch today? Hmm? I thought that was important. So listen, uh, let, let's go real quick here. Uh, in uh, chapter 12, we're going to read verse 7 first. And verse 7 says, They are to take some of the blood and smear it on the sides and top of door frames of the houses where they eat the animal. Okay, so, so God asked them, said, listen, this, here's this last plague coming, you know, and it's going to take out all the firstborns, okay? You'll be protected, right, by doing this. And this is when they kill a lamb, okay, or a goat, and they would put the blood of the lamb on the doorpost, okay? And, and then that plague would pass over the house. That's where we get the word Passover, okay? So nobody in the house would die. It would pass over them. The blood of Jesus today has given us a better covenant. And this better covenant causes for recession to pass over us. It causes for sickness to pass over us. For viruses to pass over us. For calamity to pass over us. Are you with me? Okay, and so th this is what, what happened. And, and then in verse, um, let's go up to verse uh, 12, okay? Verse 12 says, On that night I will pass through the land of Egypt and strike down 
every firstborn son and firstborn male animal in the land of Egypt. I will execute judgment against the gods of Egypt, for I am the Lord. But the blood on your doorposts will serve as a sign marking the houses where you are staying. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. This plague of death will not touch you when I strike the land of Egypt. Let me tell you something. The world is reaping some harvest right now. Okay? Some people say that, that God is judging the world. I don't believe that's really how, how it is, you know. But I do believe in sowing and reaping. Okay? And I believe when you're a really bad steward of a nation's economy, stuff's bound to happen. <laughs> okay? When you sow fear, even if it's just the regular cold virus, guess what? It's going to magnify. It's going to hit the whole world because the whole world's expecting it to get hit. And so, however you want to look at it, okay, in this recession or whatever comes next, okay, it, the world is reaping it's harvest, but it will not touch us because the blood of Jesus speaks a better word over us, right? This was the blood of the lamb. They obeyed and followed the instructions of the Lord, and they were saved, and it passed over them, okay? But now the Bible tells us that we actually have a, um, in, in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty five 25, says the cup reminds us of the new covenant in his blood. So we have a new and better covenant in his blood. And Hebrews 8, 6 says that Jesus mediated a new and better covenant with God based on better promises for us. So we don't have to kill a goat or a sheep, right? Because Jesus was the holy lamb, right? And he died for us and he shed his blood for us. And he was the one and only eternal sacrifice forever. We don't need another one. He already did it. He, raised from, he was raised from the dead. Right? And he gave us victory, and he gave us a new place, a new identity, new citizenship. Are you with me? And so now we have a new and better covenant based on the blood of Jesus, better promises, okay? And so we can expect, say, I can expect for these promises to work for me. Say with me, God doesn't just want to. No, say, say God doesn't just God, okay. Dios no solamente quiere, sino que puede. The Spanish got me. He not only can, but he wants to. There you go. See, I had to translate. <laughs> Come up, John. He not only can, he wants to. Right? And the blood of Jesus makes me qualified. Right? So your household. See, now the Bible says that you're the temple of the Holy Spirit, right? So you are covered with the blood of Jesus. So any plague, any calamity, any recession passes over you. But the thing is, this works by faith. Because not every believer lived a great life during the pandemic. Because with our faith, we decide if we believe the promises that God gave us, right? And we stand on those. Or if we're going to believe the news of the world and empower the news of the world and receive what the world says that everybody's getting right now. Are you with me? So this is a time to shift our mindsets, to position ourselves, and to obey God for specific instructions 
regarding health, regarding family, regarding finances, okay? So that, the wealth transfer that happens during recessions, during bad times, comes our way. Because we have a promise for it. We have a right for it. You deserve it. He made you worthy. It's not based on your actions, it's based on your faith. And you put your faith in the Son of God and Jesus Christ, you qualify. Close your eyes for a moment. I'm going to go back to Psalm 91, and I want to read this for you because, as you know, you know the Israelites went through a lot of things in the desert, and they they um, they faced armies and dangers and and all kinds of wild things. And um, and when the Lord gave me this message, I I did not. Um, I did not know what scripture, there's so many scriptures that we, you can use to preach a message like this. And uh, the Lord says, Psalm 91. And then he said, the plagues of Egypt. And as I was studying that, um, I realized that, you know who wrote Psalm 91? It was not David. It was Moses. It was Moses, the one that went through all those you know, encounters and, and plagues and, and then into the desert and then, you know, almost into the promised land. It was Moses, the one that wrote Psalm 91. Do you realize the, the depth and the revelation and the light that this gives you now? This is Moses saying, those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Whew, you can rest. You can rest. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God and I trust him. He will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. Mm. This is the kind of stuff he probably told himself and told the Israelites when they were on the desert. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Do not be afraid of the terrors of night. Imagine being in the desert in a place that you don't know. You don't know anything about it. You're just going through. He says, don't worry. He'll protect you from the terrors of night. Nor the arrow that flies by day. Don't be afraid of that. Don't dread the disease that stalks in darkness. Nor the disaster that strikes at midnight. Though a thousand fall at your side. Though ten thousand are dying around you. Though people are getting laid off. Though, though the best salesman is, is, you know, not making the sales anymore. Though... You know, your company's not looking good, though the clients, though any of that, saying, no, it doesn't matter what you're seeing. A thousand could fall at your side and 10,000 could be dying around you, but these evils will not touch you. These evils will not touch you. I will thrive when the world's just trying to survive. I will thrive when the world's just surviving. I will thrive when the world's just surviving. Because I know in who I trust. Father God, I thank you so much. I thank you so much for your word. I thank you for your promises. I thank you for the new covenant in your blood, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And today I just pray right now that as uh, we've all been thinking about, you know, what people are saying and the things that could happen or even our past experience, maybe even during the pandemic, we had a bad experience. Maybe, you know, people around us had a bad experience. But God, right now, I just pray that 
your promises would be so enlarged and magnified in our lives that it will completely drown the fears of what people are speaking, the fears that are being thrown out there, the, the fears of, of, uh, of, of any wickedness or any evil coming our way. I thank you, God, that it will pass over us, it will pass over our children, and only your blessing and your increase, your protection, your divine health will be at work in our lives and in our homes. I thank you, God, that, that it, as the world gets darker, we get brighter. And people will look at us and be like, I need to know what you have. I need to know where you're getting this peace that makes no sense. I need to know why you're so happy. I need to know how you're prospering. I need to know how you seem untouched. Untouched. And that's because we're not citizens of this world. Because we're here, but we're not from here. So we thank you, God, for not just surviving we thank you for thriving right now i want you to just picture yourself thriving what does thriving look like for you what does thriving look like for you what does that look like for you you thriving in marriage and kids and and and, and prosperity and finance and generosity and health what does it look like thriving because this is a time for you to thrive this is a time for you to thrive what does it look like for increase in your life because God not only can, but he wants to. And he's willing. Will you partner in faith with him? Will you partner in faith with him to bring about his perfect and amazing will for your life? So we thank you, Father. We thank you for your promises. In Jesus' name, amen.